The Coach's Roundtable is brought to you by Between the Lines. Between the Lines offers online training with current minor league affiliates from the comfort of your own home through online technology. With their coaching, watch your skills and money increase due to no longer needing to drive to get training. For more information, go to betweenthelines.pro. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable Podcast. Today, I've got a few coaches with me that are going to break down all things baseball for us. But enough for me. Let's get to know our coaches, and we'll start with you first, Coach Lindsay. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately. Hey, Joe. I appreciate you having me back. This is my second episode. Um, I'm really excited to be back. My first episode, I kind of re-listened to it, and I... You can definitely tell I wrote everything down before the episode because I want to be perfect. And it's just like I tell my players, it's it, it's impossible to, to be absolutely perfect. There's always stuff you need to work on. So this episode, uh, I don't have anything written down, and I'm just kind of excited to just go off what I'm thinking right now and uh, really be with this interview. Um, a little bit about myself. I, I played baseball pretty much my whole life in South Carolina. Uh, I played one year of college baseball in Tennessee. Um, I took a couple years off to really – figure out who I was. I, I was away from baseball at the time. Um, after a couple of years, I met my my wife and her stepson, Joethan. And uh, Joethan was the one who really got me back into baseball. Um, he had never played baseball himself. And when he was 11, he decided that he really he was ready to start playing baseball. So I took him to his first tryout at rec baseball. And um, just being around the whole atmosphere, the coaches and everything, it, it really was a moment that said, you know, I've been trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life for so long. I've always been a baseball guy, and, and baseball is what I love to do. Um, so the last couple of years, I've been coaching his, his uh, rec baseball team. Then I was assistant coach for a travel baseball team for two years. And I'm a head coach um, in with the Thunder Academy in Broomfield, Colorado. I coach a team called the Broomfield Thunderbucks. Uh, we're a newer team. Um, with some really fantastic players. Um, every kid on this team is a hard worker, and I'm, I'm very excited to work with them. Uh, this year coming up, I guess what I've been up to lately is we just finished our season um, last weekend. Uh, we had a went 13-5 and five for the season, played some good baseball. Um, you know, the biggest thing with this group is just getting them ready for AAA. A, a good amount of these players came are coming from AA division, and if every kid on this team wants, said they want to play high school baseball. so. My goal is to get them the competition, get them mentally ready, get them physically ready for high school tryouts and just baseball in general as they, as they get older and if they want to continue. And if they don't, you know, baseball is a great way to teach kids life lessons. And, and that's my biggest thing, coaching. You know, I don't, I don't get paid to coach. I, I work at a warehouse and make decent money, but I, I love what I'm doing because I love coaching baseball. You know, my, my job allows me to get off where I need to get off. I've been offered chances to move up in the company I'm at right now. And I've told them no because I'd rather be at my volunteer baseball position just because I, I love it. You know, it, it's what I do. It's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, um, again, thank you for having me on, and I'm excited to, to answer some questions. Awesome. We're glad to have you back as well, Coach Lindsay. And what about you, Juan? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately. Sure thing. Uh, first of all, thanks uh, for having me on. Uh, it's a real pleasure. It's a thrill. Uh, this is my first time on your show, um, on your podcast. Uh, my name is Juan Namden. I'm the uh, head baseball coach at Frankfurt High School in Philadelphia, uh, where I also played in high school, uh, went off to college, played in, played in college, and uh, 
I knew at the very end of my college career that I was going into education, that I wanted to figure out a way to come back. So I was able to get an assistant coaching job at my high school, where a couple years later I got a teaching job. And then uh, about uh, eight years later, I uh, was uh, honored, actually, and, and thrilled to be named head coach of the same high school that I played at, and I took over for my head coach. Um, I, I've been in baseball my whole life. My father, uh, I'm from the Dominican Republic. My father was involved in um, winter league play, where a lot of the uh, major leaguers would go down to the Dominican and um, obviously play through the winter. Um, so that so my whole life was around baseball. I uh, I, I often joke, you know, I, I would get babysat by uh, Philippe uh, by Moises Alou as him and Felipe Alou would go coach a team together. So um, I didn't really have a choice. Uh, baseball was just going to be <laughs> what my life was going to be. Um, you know, outside of coaching in high school, my, I'm very proud of our program. We're an inner city public school that has had, uh, in my opinion, a tremendous amount of success at the city and, and state level. Um, I'm extremely proud of how many young men that we've sent to college to play. Um, and then off the field, as, aside from teaching, I've also been very fortunate to uh, have some really fun jobs where I've worked with some uh, professional major league organizations um, in different capacities. Uh, I've translated for a lot of major league baseball players who needed a little help with their language. Um, that's always fun. Um, and I've done some um, other work with, uh, with the local uh, Philadelphia Phillies. So, uh, yeah, b- baseball is pretty much uh, all-consuming for me. Uh, it pretty much has been from day one, and I got a feeling it'll be that way for a long time, Joel. Awesome stuff, guys. I'm glad to have you guys on. I feel like we're going to have a really good discussion um, with some of these future questions. And so we're going to break the ice a little bit and get to know you guys a little bit more. And I'll start with you first, Coach Juan. Tell us about the craziest thing you ever witnessed at a baseball game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I got to go with this story. Uh, so most of my guys always end up playing together um, on a summer team or a fall ball team. And, and you know, I, I like to support them, obviously. So a bunch of them are playing for the same summer team, and they actually – go on a really great run and they go to the, their league championship. And I'm, I want to say, I'm almost positive it was the American Legion city championship. Um, and I go to the game and unfortunately there, there was some bad weather and the game got moved from its site to another field last minute. And unfortunately that field um, wasn't in the best condition, uh, but it, you know, they wanted to play the game. So they, they played it anyway. And I noticed when I got there, the grass was really high. I mean, the dirt wasn't great, but it is what it is. They were going to play. The game, was, the game itself was phenomenal, really well pitched. Come to the end of the game, uh, my, my guys, they're, uh, they're on the field. They're home. They're up one, and the opposing team actually gets two runners on. Second and third, they're up one, and with two outs, a kid hits an absolute laser to right center field. Now, the kid playing center field was, was my center fielder, one, a kid that I absolutely love to this day. Um, full extension with two outs. I mean, this kid flew, hits the ground, and gets up, holds his glove up, umpire signals out, crazy celebration. Everybody's excited. I'm, you know, this uh, Stamster ticket to the state playoffs, which is a big deal here. And then suddenly my kid looks down and picks up a second baseball um, 
And then all of a sudden, the umpire looks. They call the other umpire. Apparently, the second baseball was out on the field from batting practice. They were both game balls. It just turned into absolute chaos. Um, I honestly feel like the umpires just said, look, if, if we change this ruling now, things could get kind of ugly. So they just stayed with the ruling, called it an out, and then literally just sprinted off the field. But um, I've never seen anything like that where a game ends um, on an amazing play like that, where either way, if he lets it drop, or who knows if it dropped, but the game ends either way with guys on second and third and two outs. Um, but no, that, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen where a different ball was out on the field and nobody noticed it all game because the grass was so high. Wow, that is some crazy stuff, Coach Juan. And what about you, Coach Lindsay? What is the craziest thing you've ever witnessed at a baseball game? So the craziest thing that I've ever witnessed um, is actually a personal experience for me. Um, my freshman year, I was lucky enough to play varsity baseball. Um, I played a little JV that was moved to varsity. And uh, my first varsity practice, um, you know, being a freshman, I was really a pitcher only. I, I didn't play much outfield or infield. I could play it, but, you know, playing with seniors. And uh, I think we had eight seniors at the time. Um, so my first practice, they had me, you know, I was a pitcher only. They had me catching bullpens. And we had two guys at the time throwing 90. And one guy hit in the mid '80s, but he had he could didn't have much control. Um, so for me, it was just a crazy experience to be put in that situation. I learned a lot, you know. I don't think I missed that many baseballs, um, but just being a freshman and playing rec baseball and uh, a little travel baseball, and then coming up and seeing the next level, what is what it's really about, and how hard guys throw and hitting spots and stuff like that. I mean, it was just it was crazy for me to experience that. Um, you know, we had some a, a crazy season. We experienced some great stuff there, but. Uh, just a, a personal experience for me. That's, that's probably one of the craziest uh, personal things I've ever gone through as, as a player. It made me better, and it, it, it's a great teaching experience for me because I can tell my guys, hey, if you guys want to play varsity your freshman year, I mean, you better be prepared to catch some bullpens. You know, you better be prepared to to do whatever the ask. So for me, that was, it was just crazy, the experience. I loved it, and I had a, had a great time doing it. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. And so let's dive into the baseball questions, and we'll start with you first, Coach Lindsay. What are stats that you look at when evaluating your players? So for me, being um, at the 14U level, you know, I'm not a high. I used to be a high school coach, not anymore. Um, but I utilize Game Changer a lot, just because that's the best way to get stats. Um, if I have players come in, try out for my team, I'll do the best I can to look at their stats. You know, hits at bats. You know, you want to see how many times they really got up to the plate the, the previous season. Were they at the top of the order, the bottom of the order? Stolen bases. You know, I'm huge. On, on getting runners on base and, and stealing as much as we can. Um, I can't really, I'm big on bunting. I can't really look at that too much. Um, pitching, I'll look at innings. You know, has this guy thrown a ton? Is this coach really relying on this kid? Do you throw a bunch? Do you need to be careful with his arm? Or other guys who maybe haven't thrown as much but have good mechanical stuff? I mean, at this level, it's more about just really meeting the players, talking to them. I mean, attitudes are huge. Me personally, I, uh, I'd rather take a player that's mediocre but has a fantastic attitude over a player who's pretty decently skilled but is just going to ruin the chemistry of the team. Um, so I absolutely look at stats. You know, I'll do what kind of game changer. But again, it's it's really for me about meeting the player, evaluating them, just attitude wise. Are they hustling? Do they show up with their shirt tucked in? Is a hat forward? Coming from an organization where um, you know that stuff wasn't important. Um, again, stats are absolutely huge. I'll, I'll look at it anytime I can. Uh, you know, I, I obviously keep our player stats and look at those when it comes to making the lineup. Um, 
But overall, for me, it's just knowing the kids, saying, what, what's this kid going to give me? Is he going to get down if he makes a mistake? Or does he know, hey, everyone makes mistakes. How do you come back from that? And what about you, Coach Juan? What are some stats that you look at when evaluating your players? Um, so being a varsity head coach on a, on a pretty competitive program, um, for me, it's a two-stage process. Uh, you know, our tryouts are, are pretty, um, pretty well, I guess, attended, if you will, by a lot of kids in the school. So I look for the uh, for a couple of things that that you really can't coach. Um, one of the big things for me is the, a kid's foot speed. You know, if a kid's really fast, and the only reason why this is so high on my list is because, um, like like other coaches, uh, I, I am very aggressive. I love putting pressure on defenses. So when I, if I have a young kid that's you know, relatively new, freshman maybe, sophomore, uh, trying out for, for varsity or, or JV, um, we, we do a, a real good job of getting different times. Um, not, not just, you know, not just straight ahead, but obviously, you know, I'd, I'd like to know how quick a kid can get to second base. Um, obviously, uh, you know, straight ahead, uh, you know, running the uh, 60. But those, those measurables sometimes are, are more important to me than how hard a kid throws in a tryout. Kids get amped up when they come to tryouts, uh, especially for me, or they overswing. So I know I'm not really looking at, at a pure uh, mechanic uh, from them, but speed-wise, kids are, are working hard to run. So I, that's one of the first things I look at. Um, you know, we, we measure every kid as far as um, leg strength if we can. Um, so so that's, that's a big thing that I look for during tryouts and then moving into the, the preseason and, and regular season, uh, I, I am a big, big believer in on-base percentage uh, as well as strikes to uh, balls ratio. Um, to me, if a kid has the ability somehow to get on, whether it's walks, whether he himself gets hit, whether he bunts, um, th those are things that are just so important at the high school level especially at the elite high school level where a kid just can get on and causes things to happen. You know, that's a big stat for me that I keep a very good close eye on. Uh, like I said, pitching wise, there are kids that don't throw very hard, but they throw a ton of strikes. And, you know, there are kids that throw very hard, but are a little wild. For me, I put my focus on a kid with really good control that puts a lot of time on the mound during bullpen sessions when it's their off day. Um, and then when they get into a game situation, albeit an inning two or five or six, what's their ratio? Because those two things combined, how often a kid gets on or how many strikes they throw, those two things really do paint a clear picture of, of wins and losses. Um, so for me, I would say definitely those three components are something that we're big on uh, at my, my, uh, within my program is uh, speed, uh, on-base percentage, and uh, strikes to balls ratio. Yep, for sure. Great stuff, guys. And so this next question, we'll start with you first, Coach Juan. What is something new that you're going to try this year with your team, whether it be a drill, a team-building activity, or maybe even how you coach? Um, well, you know, it goes without saying uh, that everything's going to be different for us as far as COVID is concerned. Um, something that we're already doing now is we're doing a ton of virtual work. Um, you know, we, we have uh, usually in the fall, my guys are, you know, we're having – uh, an occasional bullpen or occasional uh, on-field drills or cage. Um, this year, things are different. Uh, for me, something that I'm kind of already started recently is uh, 
kids are actually able to work out on their own and they're sending me videos. Uh, it is time consuming, um, but I, I've been sitting down with my guys and we've been kind of cleaning up mechanics, whether they're a pitcher, uh, a catcher, you know, infielder, what have you. Um, so something new for me is really utilizing virtual uh, tools, um, che checking over video and, and having one-on-one -on -one sessions with kids, which, which it's, a, it's a nice little change of pace for me. Um, when we have video sessions, uh, with my with my kids, normally we'll sit in a classroom or we'll sit in the media room, and the whole team will be there. And you know, it may be a little little quicker pace, but we will break down kids' mechanics. Where this, there's something new that we're being forced to is more one on one. You know, more one on one video breakdown, which I really I'm enjoying now. So um, yeah, that's something that we're definitely doing. That's brand new, uh, not necessarily a drill, but you know, just a new method of um, skill development. What about you, Coach Lindsay? What's something new that you're going to implement with your kiddos? So this season, I've, I had the team for the fall. We've already kind of started it, and it's breathing exercises before games. Um, and breathing exercises, I try to get them to do every single day. Um, I've been studying, I played baseball my whole life. When I played baseball, I didn't know much about the mental game of baseball. You know, go out, throw, you get angry, throw harder, you know. But as I've studied, as I've listened to the ABCA and um, Coach Schittinger speak, and I know he's with um, with a new group right now, uh, Stick and Ball TV, just all the mental stuff they're talking about just makes so much sense to me, you know. And I want to teach these guys how to be great ball players, but also how to be great human beings how to have a system to go to if they get upset, if they get angry, just in daily life in general, and it can relate back to baseball. Um, so what we do now before every practice, before every game, is we get there, uh, try to do 10 minutes before we start warm-ups. Us have them lay on the ground and just focus on breathing, getting present, getting into their body, you know, getting in the moment. Um, so that way they have something to go to. I'm sure we've heard coaches all the time say, you know, yell at their kid, breathe, breathe, calm down. Well, if the kid hasn't practiced using breath to calm down or hasn't practiced that, they're not going to have that system to go to. So what my biggest thing this year is to just get the kids to focus on what they can control, you know, go into the breaths again for this season. But my, my main goal overall is just to get them ready for high school season get them ready for the next level when they're going to get to the next level. And there's going to be kids who are great baseball players, but they don't know how to deal with failure. Maybe they're coming from one of these $3,000 organizations and they know all the skills. They know how to field, hit, and throw, but they have no idea how to come back from making the air. You know, they have no idea how to how to focus on you can't control the umpire's call. And if you do, that's going to, you know, put energy towards something you can't control and, and give you a, a better, a worse chance to hit compared to the guys I'm working with. I'm trying to teach them, okay, the guy missed, you know, called a strike that looked a little outside. You can't control that. So what next pitch? Um, you know, I, I have them practice stepping out, looking at their bat, breathe in through the nose, out through the nose, step back in. And again, it's something that I haven't been the head coach for the last two years. It's something that I've talked to our coaches about. But now that I'm taking over this season, it's something that is extremely important to me, especially when they say the game is 90% mental. But there's so many organizations out there that don't spend any time at all dealing with the mental part of baseball. And for me, again, it's it's great for baseball. Hopefully they can succeed and do well and they'll have this going to the next level. But I mean, a majority of the players aren't going to play at the next level at the college level. So they, I want them to have something to go to again, if they're in a situation where, you know, 
should I do this? Should I do that? No, I know this is the best situation. Do I get upset? I know Coach Chris talked about this. I can breathe and calm down because I've practiced this before. So that's the biggest thing that I'm really going to be bringing to my program this year. Um, we're doing the mental stuff. Um, we, we meet once a week through Discord. And right now we're reading a book called um, Algi Garrido's Life is Yours to Win. And again, it, it's just a great chance to work on the breathing, say, hey, you know, this is one of the best coaches in college baseball. And he has the same kind of thinking that I'm talking about. So it's, it's got to make sense. So that's the biggest thing I'm really trying to bring to um, my, my kids this season and, 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 you know, moving forward. I plan to do this for a long time, and that's, that's why I plan to bring to every team I coach from here on out. Trans transitioning into the next question, I'll start with you first, Coach Lindsay. How do you build culture for the teams that you coach? So the way I build culture is get them to hang out with each other, you know, exchange gamer tags, meet on Discord. Um, you know, post-COVID, I'd say get together as much as possible. Um, but obviously we can't do that now. That's why we moved to Zoom. That's when we, why we moved to Discord. Um, I think the players, you know, the biggest thing for me is seeing all these organizations that charge two, three grand and only work with the players' basic fundamentals, hitting, throwing. Again, it goes back to what I just talked about, the, the mental part of baseball. Nobody works on that. And that's what I'm trying to do with, with my team is, is get them all to, to know each other, trust each other. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's other organizations that just show up just for practice, do their two hours of practice, go home, and the kids don't see each other until the next practice. That, that's, there's no way to build team chemistry with that, you know, a, a core. So I'm really, like I said, trying to get the kids to meet each other, you know, talk to each other outside of baseball, you know, doing the, the meetings every Thursday, you know, kids see, hey, maybe, you know, maybe he has a problem reading just like I do, or maybe he's really good at it. Maybe he understands this. And, and you know, I can tell what, what kids want to work hard. Um, biggest thing, too, is getting on the kids who are, are disruptive and try to, uh, ruin, you know, kind of mess with practice or don't listen as much. I mean, you, you got to be on those kids right away because the kids are looking at you. You know, if Coach Chris says, you know, don't do this and I let this one kid get away with it, then, you know, that, that messed up the whole culture. So it's about being on the kids, um, letting let them know that you love them, you care about them. You know, I tell team all the time, I will absolutely never be upset with you guys if you lose a game, but you gave 100%. That's all I can ask for. You know, you, we can't control if we win or lose the game, but we can't how prepared we are for that game, you know, how much sleep we get before. And, you know, picking each other's teammates up, you know, maybe checking in on a teammate. Like, I know this teammate goes to bed way late. I want to make sure we're, we're working together. So maybe I'll shoot a text. Hey, you know, maybe she's getting ready for bed. So it's just stuff like that. I think team chemistry is really, really, really important. Um, you know, I, I bunt a lot, which which is big for, you know, a team core compared to just individual players. Because a lot of big, you know, guys who go to these big organizations, they want to swing away. You know, guy on third, no outs. They want to swing and drive that run in. But maybe it's a really good pitch. I need you to squeeze that runner in and get yourself out at first. You know, that, that's what I'm trying to teach. I mean, everyone likes to see the long ball, the long ball. But, I mean, to, to be a team, to be a core, to to take these skills and go to a job and be able to work with people compared to being used to working by yourself and me, 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 then not making a baseball and go to a different – go to a job and don't know how to work with people – Again, that's what that's why I love baseball. That's why I love this age group because I want to teach these kids, get them to work with each other, get them like, hey, maybe you're a little different, you're a little different. We're teammates. We got to come together as a family. So um, team chemistry, all that stuff is is huge for me. And again, it's just you know making the effort to really get to know them, making the effort for kids to hang out, trying to put stuff together. Um, we're going airsofting next week with the team. And again, it's it's outside of baseball. 
you know. So I think that just getting the kids together, let them, teach them how to work with each other, is just going to benefit them in life altogether. And what about you, Coach Juan? What are some ways that you build culture with your guys for your team? Um, well, we've we, we've been I've been around for for you know about twenty years, and one of the things that that we kind of I don't want to use the word rely on, but it is important to our program is every spring before our season, we, we do go south. Um, we go to Florida for, for our spring uh, training. Um, and that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, like Coach Chris was saying, is that building team chemistry and having the kids spend time uh, together away from everything else is a big deal to me. Um, I, I think, you know, running the program, the way that I like to run it is I like to make the kids kind of take ownership and, be held accountable for their actions um, and, and something that I'm a big believer in is that uh, they have to elevate their own expectations of each other but they can't do that until they get to know each other um, so you know we, we, we go to Florida and we, we spend an awful lot of time on the fields every day and then in the evenings is our time to kind of kick back have some fun um, let loose and, and I, I let them be kids I let them you know hang out and uh, really get to know each other on a personal level, which at this point some young men still don't know each other, uh, even though we've spent some time together in the fall. But um, the, the time they spend off the field uh, is definitely a big component of the connections they make. That is, for me, as far as culture is concerned, I need to make them understand that the time they spend together is going to far surpass anything else they do throughout the course of the year. So they have to learn about each other. Um, you know, and it also goes back to the relationship that I have with them. Um, I, I have very high expectations for these young men, um, for them to make it through our program. You know, it, it goes without saying the level of baseball players they need to be, but they also have to be very high character guys. Um, if a major league scout calls me about uh, a couple of them, or if a college coach calls me or emails me, I want to be able to be very truthful. And the first thing I want to be able to say is what kind of character he is. Um, so that's a big deal to me. And, and I've made that very clear throughout my time at that my expectations and uh, what I expect in general out of these guys is very high. Um, and it doesn't necessarily translate to victories, although we've been very lucky with that. It, it translates more on the quality of young men we we uh, get to graduate at the end of their time um, with us. So, yeah, I, w I would definitely say that first and foremost is the uh, amount of time I make sure these guys hang out with each other. Uh, definitely in the spring is a big deal with our trip. Um, and then moving forward, it's the fact that I make my expectations crystal clear. I am a huge, huge um, believer in uh, how clear communication is one of the absolute top life skills you can have. So, I mean, between the messages that we send out daily and emails and, and, and everything that we post all over the locker rooms, they really get a clear indication of, of what is to come for them. So the expectations are very high uh, in many areas. And I think that's, that's where the culture of our program may be a little different than other high schools in that, um, you know, these kids take ownership of this program and they hold each other to a very, very high standard. And if, if I'm working with the catchers and my other assistant coaches working with the infielders, if there's an outfielder slacking, I expect a, a 
leader out there to hold him accountable, not necessarily, you know, in a, in a nasty, aggressive way, but leading by example, you know, pushing him. Because I, we've never had a successful season where every kid on the roster uh, didn't have a role to play. And I tell him that every year, and every year it, it, it comes to fruition where somebody has to make a play, somebody has to steal a base, and it isn't always the starting nine to get it done. So they, they, they buy into that, and they know that if we want to win – it's going to require everybody on that roster. So they hold each other accountable, and that kind of starts in the offseason with us. Joel. The next question is this, and we'll start with you first, Coach Lindsay. What do you do in the offseason to help your players improve? So last season, um, I, I took them to – well, I took my son and a couple other players to as many um, – clinics as we possibly could. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I coach, I, I was a private myself for a little bit, but I'll, I'll never be big head enough to think that I, I know everything. You know, I want my players to go out and get perspective from other coaches. And, you know, I'm always open to learn myself. You know, I, I, like, again, I've never think I know everything. I'll, I'm a, kind of a newer coach and I want to learn as much as I can. So I try to get my players to as many clinics as they can or see private instructors. Uh, coach Brad Hill, um, lives out in uh, Colorado Springs and he's a resource I've been using for a couple of years. He's a fantastic coach, ex coach at uh, Kansas state. Um, this off season, I'll be honest, I'm taking the next two months off because I do have two daughters. I have a one-year-old and a five-year-old who miss their daddy, you know, and baseball is a huge commitment, especially uh, doing it voluntarily. I mean, again, I have no problem doing it. I love doing it, but um, these next two months, I'm going to be taking time off to just really focus on my girls um, what I am doing, though, is having I, I recommend all my players to sign up for a Thunder Academy's pitching progressive programs. They have pitching, hitting and catching uh, the pitching coach at Thunder Academy is probably one of the best in the state. His name is Tom Deaton. Uh, he knows his stuff left and right. Um, and I'm really excited for my son. And uh, I think half of my pitching group has signed up for that. Um, I challenge my players after our last game that, you know, if you you guys want to play high school baseball. If you're on this team because you want to play high school baseball, you've got to put in the work the next two months. You know, it's it's very, very, very hard to take these two months off, not do anything baseball, and come back and compete against kids who have indoor facilities and are working all the time. And being from South Carolina, I know for a fact that every kid out there who wants to play baseball is working their butts off during November, December, because they can play those, those times. And, yeah, you might make the high school baseball team, but if you want to go farther – now you got to compete against a kid from South Carolina who's been working, who has, you know, 10, 12 extra months of baseball workouts outside over you. So um, one thing I did do is um, my first practice of the fall, I had a skills competition where I recorded every time, you know, throws from the outfield, pitching speeds, how many times you hit your spots, uh, you know, 60-yard dash, stuff like that. And my first practice back come uh, January, February, I'm going to time them again on the exact same drills. And that's going to give me a great idea of, of who was working, you know, who, who really pushed themselves and who didn't do much this season. You know, and again, that gives me a great chance to even tell the player and the parents, it's going to be hard for me to put you in this position just because so-and-so has worked all the last two months. They've gotten bigger, gotten stronger. You know, you haven't done much at all. You know, again, this is a high, I coach a high school preparation team. If you don't, can't take the time to work these next two months, what makes you think you're going to play high school baseball? Because high school players are working all the time because they want to get better. They want to take that next level. And, again, coaching at the 14U level, I have the opportunity to work with some guys who may not make it to the next level. And, again, that's fine. You know, 
Um, I, I, again, I just want them to, even if they're, they might not make the team, they still need to, I think it's very important for them to work this off season because you can see hard work pays off. And if you don't work hard this off season, you say, I, I might not make the team, then you probably won't. But I guarantee if you bust butt, you work hard, you hustle everywhere for me during the season, you, you know, you, you make it an attitude, something you do every day, then I promise you a high school coach is going to see that. And that's the kind of players they want is guys who hustle, give it all, you know, so what next pitch. That kind of that kind of attitude. So, again, this offseason taking it kind of easy for the next two months. Come January, we're going right back to two times a week. I'm gonna try to get a third time in there because, again, like I said, I know who we're up against. I know what competition we're up against. Um, but it's it's really on them these next two months. How how bad do you want it? How how successful do you really want to be? Because five to ten minutes a day, that's all you need. Five to ten minutes a day, because eventually five ten minutes a day working out comes ten to twenty. Then 20 to 30, then 30 to, to an hour. And if I can teach these kids at the 14 year level to kind of have that mentality, then again, my goal is to get these kids ready for high school for the next level of coaches. And that that is big for me. I, you know, if you want it, work this off season. If you don't want it, then you might have your idea of where you're going to be come high school time. So that's pretty much where I'm at this off season. I'm really excited to get back to uh, January and get back with them, but. Uh, I'm extremely excited to just spend some time with my girls because come January, come February, it's going to get really busy again. So, um, yeah, just taking some time for me, taking a little time for me. What about you, Coach Juan? What are some things that you do in the offseason to help your players improve? Um, you know, we, we have a pretty good uh, program where the, the kids know uh, individually what expectations we have of each one um, as far as uh, weight gain, uh, strength gain, you know, usually uh, we, we were fortunate enough to play into June for our baseball season, which is uh, late into playoffs or states. And at the end of that, you know, we'll, we'll have a, almost like a exit, um, exit interviews where I'll, I'll meet with the kids and I'll explain to them, this is our expectations for the guys returning. Uh, this is where we'd love to have you uh, size-wise, uh, speed-wise. And then uh, we kind of put together a plan for them to work out in the offseason. Um, we put together a plan for the pitchers as far as bullpen sessions. And uh, we put together a, a little bit of um, a growth plan for, for the other position players. But the ownership is on them. Um, we'll obviously have gym time available and we'll always have, uh, we'll have, um, I guess practice time available, but uh, they have to, in order to get to the collegiate level, in order to get to the professional level, uh, most of the work that they have to do has to be uh, outside of school. It has to be self-driven. They have to have a motor in their heads that, that tells them to keep going. Um, it, it's, a, it's a big deal for the kids to show growth from, uh, from the end of our season to the beginning of the next season. Um, that will determine the level of success is how much they, how much bigger they've gotten, how much stronger and faster they've gotten. So what we do is, uh, you know, going back to the other question about accountability, that they're very accountable for their own personal growth. And, and in our program, we, we guide them in, in how to get there. But um, the off season for them is really focusing on body growth and technique. Um, you know, and, and I, I've been I've been very very lucky in having worked with major league organizations to know the off season workouts and the spring training workouts that that they follow I follow, um, and and that's kind of um, the benefit of the off season really. That's what it's all about. 
And also, you know, we'll go stretches without touching a baseball. Um, I, I push my kids to play a second sport. Uh, they have to. Uh, I don't know of a single college coach or, or a single um, pro scout that will look down on a single or on a, on a multi-sport uh, player. You know, they all ask, what else does he play? Um, because those motor movements are so important uh, to learn, uh, other motor movements other than baseball. So um, that's a big part of, of our program is pushing kids to wrestle, play basketball, um, just anything that involves a different type of movement um, only makes them a better athlete. So, uh, you know, along with the actual off-season stuff as far as getting bigger and stronger, they also got to work on other skill sets, not just baseball skill sets. But, yeah, I'll definitely put like a, a, a no, no ball limit for, for, a, for a month. Um, usually it's, it's somewhere around December where, you know what, nobody's throwing anything. Uh, you want to hit, we can hit. Uh, you know, you want to take ground balls, we can take ground balls. But definitely no, no pitchers are throwing and all shoulders get, uh, get a complete relaxation. But um, for me, the offseason involves a lot more work than, than expected in other programs, Joel. We, uh, we want growth. You know, that's, that's how we stay at the top of the food chain. So we, we want growth. Great stuff so far, guys. And we'll wrap up the episode with this question right here. And we'll start with you first, Coach Lindsay. What's the best piece of coaching advice that you've ever received? Best piece of coaching advice I ever received was from Coach Randy McGarvey back in South Carolina during my American Legion baseball season. Um, he basically was just telling me it's it's about the kids, not but as much about the wins. And I think that's great advice. It's something that I've definitely taken to heart. It's because, you know, it's about building up players to be good people. You know, winning and losing, especially at the youth level, is it's very competitive. But some of my one of my favorite quotes is um, a, a scout's not going to ask you how your seven to fourteen U travel baseball team what their record was. You know, at this level, none of these games really matter as much as how do you come back from a loss? You know, the last two seasons, I've been assistant coach, and those teams have gone 5-41, and 41, I believe. So I've learned a lot about, you know, the losing aspect of it. You know, I won a state championship in South Carolina as a baseball player. So I've seen both sides of it. And at the end of the day, it's about how do you come back from it? You know, there was one instance, um, the first season assistant coach, where we got absolutely destroyed in a tournament. And I came back and I kind of felt bad for myself. I was like, you know, I'm out here coaching and, you know, I feel bad. But then I, I reset. I'm like, it's not about me. It's about the kids. It's not about the win. It's, it's about building life lessons. How do you come back from losing? You know, you guys had a rough tournament. Everybody in this tournament and every tournament that we play is going to expect us to come back and do bad. How do you come back from that? Do you work on stuff? Do you work on pickoffs? Do you work on holding runners a little better? Or do you just put your you know, head down and say, man, we, we're not going to win any games. Let's, let's just give up. And that's what I love to teach these kids. It's about how you come back from the situations. You know, we had a, a bad record, but we did win some games. And we won the games that, to me, were important because the kids, they really earned those wins. Especially when you've lost as many games in the last two seasons. Oh, you know, five, those five wins were really huge. So it's, it's about the kids. And that advice to me, at the time, I didn't take it seriously because I didn't know as much about the mental game as I do now. But I think that I need to hear that and go through everything that I've gone through in my, before I got into back into baseball so I can work with these kids and teach them about life. How do you come back? How do you succeed? How do you deal with an error? And, and that's why I love doing this. And uh, 
yeah, that, that's it. You know, it's about the kids. You know, when you get to high school, obviously the wins matter a little bit more, but at the level I'm at, it's about teaching these kids just to have fun, do the best you can, focus on the controllables, because again, that's going to take them into to life in general. I'd have to say um, my head coach, when I started, uh, when I started assisting him, he said, he told me very clearly, we are not in the business of making robots. Um, and since that day, I kind of understood that anybody that tells kids to swing exactly the same or to throw exactly the same, um, they're trying to make robots. And I have found that in a successful baseball player, there are so many different ways of, of doing things. Swings can look very different. Um, pitches can look very different. Um, and, and as I've, again, as I've worked at the highest level uh, with major league athletes, there are many, many unconventional ways of being successful. So the best advice that I, wa that I was given was to not create robots out of players, to, to let them grow, to let them have success, and then mold that into more success. Um, and I, I absolutely 100% will attribute a lot of the success that our program has had at the highest level to not out coaching myself, not allowing my assistant coaches to constantly be talking to the players about every finite movement. Um, players got to play. Players have to have the ability to, to just react and just play. If you get young men uh, or, or young women in whatever sport, if you get them to constantly be thinking about their movements, you're in trouble. You know, being, being an athlete involves more reaction than anything. You want them to think pre-pitch. You want them to understand situations before it happens. And, and then when the situation happens, they've already got the thinking out of the way and they're only reacting. But definitely the last thing that I would ever want to do is out-coach myself and, or let any of, of my, my guys be uh, turned into uh, cookie-cutter robot players. So the best advice that I was given was if you see a kid that, that is uh, successful but he may not look like everybody else, you don't have to change him. Don't turn him into a robot. Understand why that kid is successful. See if it, if it works. Um, you know, there, there's guys in the major leagues that have drastically different swings that will both hit 300. Um, no, no reason to, to have them changed. Um, or, or pitchers that they'll both have a 1.5 ERA, but completely different mechanics. No sense in switching those mechanics up. So I would definitely say that the best form of it, best piece of advice I got was to, uh, you know, let kids play and, and, and teach them the techniques, but don't, don't turn them into robots, Joel. Just let them just kind of mold a little bit, but don't turn them into robots. That wraps it up for the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would be interested in being part of an episode yourself, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Crato, K-R-A-T-O. Thank you.